You're listening to the 90-10 rule. 90% business. 10% music. Today on the 90-10 rule, we talk with Sheik Loren about our journey through the music industry, the ups and the downs, culture music, writing your life, and never giving up. But first, this. Frankie Storm with The Shooter here on the 9010 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome yourself. Welcome. Come on in. Hello, gather <laughs> bitches. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the 9010 Rule. As always, I'm Kevin Davis, and uh, next to me, I got B. Jennings, man. What up? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, listeners? What up? So, today in the studio... I don't know why I'm doing that, but maybe it's just the energy I'm feeding off of I guess today. Uh the lovely, the beautiful, the wonderful, the fantastic, the goofy as hell. Sheik Loren. What's hey, up, mama? What's going on or whatever? How y'all doing? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, yo, matter of fact, let me uh let's do a, <laughs> I guess a little bit of a, a intro, if you will. And um for those who don't know, tell them about yourself. 
Well, um, I am an artist and songwriter here. I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, or by way of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but I've been in Atlanta for a while. Um, I got a sound, a hip-hop, R&B kind of soul sound. I would like to think if you could fuse Mary J. Blige and Erica, maybe give a little birth, a little music. A little Mary J. Blige. You know, a little, little something. Erica Badu. Just a sprinkle of Erica, you know. Huh. Not too earthy, but, you know, it's a little soul in there. So a little bit of jazz inflections in my voice. But, you know, I'm out here. I'm, I'm just putting my single out right here and doing my thing. So. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so I, I guess talk to us a little bit about how you got started. Because, like, a lot of this show is is designed and kind of geared towards those that are pursuing music mm-hmm. or thinking about it, or even the parents whose children are talented and they want to see, you know, their kids chase their dreams. So, okay. Yeah, talk a little bit about how you got started. Um, well, always been into the arts. Um, when I was growing up, definitely heavy into dance and, of course, you know, sang in the choir growing up as a child. Um, But I really got more into music. I got serious about just doing music in college. A few years ago, I worked with a producer, Gav Beats, met him. And I just loved watching him just create. And I was like, yo, I can sing. And he was like, you can't sing. I was like, yeah, I can. So I just did a little something. And then he pulled me in and we started doing shows. He had um, has to this day called a band, a band called Untitled. Um, and so it was me, a few others, um, singing background and we would pretty much perform every week in Greensboro, North Carolina. I went to North Carolina A&T. Um, and from there, you know, just kind of started getting into songwriting, um, doing writing for other independent artists in the Greensboro area. Um, and then I started, you know, getting into the whole artist thing. And then I made the decision to move out here. So that's how I kind of mm. got into everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, because that's, I mean, I feel like that's where the plot thickens. Right. Like moving to <laughs> the A. Like everybody yeah. wants to move to Atlanta exactly. to chase their dreams. Exactly. So I don't know. You want to talk about your experience? Yeah. Um, Definitely. I was ready to go. Um, I I didn't mention earlier, but I'm a military brat. So for me, every three to four or five years, I'm ready to roll out. So it's like, okay, I'm done with college. I'm ready to go. And um, I knew Atlanta was affordable. It was cool. It was somewhere I always wanted to live um, and have family out here. So the transition was pretty easy. Um, But, you know, when you decide to go for your dreams, you got to go all in. You got to be, you got to put the fear to the side. I mean, I'm not going to say be fearless because it's there for a reason, but you definitely have to just go hard or go home. And I think that's where, you know, I kind of got caught up in in that. I started working a job and I was kind of scared to really go hard and just put music out and I kept thinking about it too much and so it's definitely been a journey but um I got better at songwriting I started writing with a writing partner we had a little group called Assassin Inc at the time I was going by Domino Harvey um you know I had to drop that because I felt like it wasn't being me but um 
you know, we did a few things, but we never landed any major placements. And after a while, it became discouraging. Life got in the way and, you know, kind of went back to a nine to five and wasn't really focused in music for a while, for a while. And I wasn't writing anything. I wasn't recording anything. And um, about a couple of years ago, I really got back into it. And just through personal growth, I said, let's do this shit, you know? Let's, yeah. let's be serious. Um, let's make the music. And I, I just want to tell people, like, don't give up on your dreams no matter what, no matter who, what people tell you. Just take things and try to get better. Don't take things personal. Just try to get better. Be confident in yourself. Know who you are and just do it. Try to learn as much as you can about the business and um, take the lessons for what they are. Really grow. But um, fast forward to today, I'm still working on my writing, still working on getting some some serious label placements, but I have continued to do some things for some independent artists. And I finally say, you know what? I'm going to be myself. My name, first name is Tashika. And so I came up with Sheik Loren from that um, and just went from there. So I've got a new single out right now called Right Here. It's actually on iTunes. And um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about what I'm doing. And it's still in the early stages, but I'm not going to give up. So That's awesome. All right. So Thanks. let me, but let me walk you back a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> because um, I think that, well, I think that a lot of artists think that they're going to, like wherever they are in the world, mm-hmm. right? Before they come here, they think they're just going to like, Walk into uh, walk into a studio or like I remember when I was trying like yeah me and my buddies like we gassed up the car and coming down here and we was like we gonna knock on the door at mm-hmm. these record labels and do our thing and they gonna sign us and our lives gonna change forever mm-hmm. and um, well just kind of listening to what you just said a moment ago it don't sound like that. Hell that no. exactly happened. <laughs> no. So I don't know. I guess my question is what would uh what kinds of things did you uh encounter once you got here? Like you said, I'm fed up with Charlotte. I'm yeah. Good, I'm ready to go. Came mm-hmm. down here and then what? Um, well, when I came down here, you know, you meet you meet a few people. Um, some people are legit, some people are not. And um you know, you just have to kind of decipher who is really there to help you. Um, it, it's it's crazy. It's a lot. I mean, it's really in every major city. You're going to meet people who are not who they say they are. Right. Um, and you don't have to name names if you don't want to. Like, but see, you know what you could do, though? Is tell yeah. us how you can identify those people now. Yeah. How do yeah. you identify those people now? Um, If you find that they're trying to get money from you, um, and they're the ones claiming to help you build your career, but all they're doing is you got to pay, pay, pay up. No, nah. it's about if you got to do, I first say that you need to show that you have your gift and you're doing your thing. And then the people, the right people will start coming into into place because they believe in your talent. They will help to try to cultivate and build you up in your career. They're not going to ask you for money. They're not going to ask you to put money towards their organization that they have you or pull you in to kind of work for them. And then you kind of get lost in translation, those types of things. Um, 
people who talk too much. <laughs> way too much. What if they're just talkative people? They're friendly, nah, nice. That's a difference. It's like you're only talking about what you're doing, and it's like, okay. I mean, it's different. It's one thing to build with somebody, but when someone is just, it's like they're trying to sell you. And if they're trying too hard to sell you, then it's, to me, it's just something not right there. So if somebody shows up and they're talking about all the people they've worked with before, like yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah, and um, what they've done and what they can do, what they're going to do. And, and like I said, I think that the proof is in the pudding. They're going to show you regardless who they are. So you just got to keep be careful. You just got to keep your eyes open. And And the hard part, though, is you got to know when to not hold back too much. Because if you do, and that was one of my issues, you kind of miss out on opportunities too. So you got to know when to trust and when not to trust certain situations. Okay. Now, about the, about the money, though, you saying like people asking you to pay for stuff? Yeah, I mean, certain things, like, you definitely want to invest in your career. Um, but when it comes to, like, modeling and acting or even not studio times, because, you know, I mean, you, when you get out here, you're going to have to pay for your own sessions if you don't have an investor, that type of thing. But you might have people say, hey, sign up and pay this fee or... Um, hey, pay $500 and then we'll put you on to this and this person's going to be here or uh, come in and, and and help me do this and I'm not going to pay for nothing, but you're going to win this way and then you don't really reap any benefits at the end of the day. So, I don't know. You just have to kind of see what's what. I mean, you can barter certain things, but you got to make sure it's going to be a benefit to yourself in the business. Are you really gaining anything? Are you making important contacts? But like I said, you shouldn't have to pour out your wallet for for certain things. You talking about like a like a, a basically a win win situation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right, because identifying those because some people. They will try pull one over. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely those out there that will give you the finesse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like for real. I mean, yeah. but no, I, because I, I've, I've been to some of these events. I've mm-hmm. been to some of these open mics, and and I've, I know some of the individuals that will fleece the flock. Yeah, so to speak. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think that there's, of course, you have to enter. Um, you have to invest in in your in yourself. Right. Um, and you have expenses, mm-hmm. you living expenses and studio time. And mm-hmm. yes, if you want the if you want free beats, then your project will sound like free beats. Mm-hmm. And if you want <laughs> professional quality beats, it'll sound like that. Yeah. Same thing with engineers or, or photos or, or so even your graphics, so yeah. on and so forth. All of that are is a part of you building your team. Mm-hmm. Um but it doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean that every individual is trying to fleece you. That's going to be on a, uh, I guess, a case by case basis. Absolutely, is that the best way? To- yeah, yeah. You have to you have to definitely just be open when meeting people, but always have your antennas up. They don't have to see them, but just pay attention to what's going on around you. Always be respectful of people. Don't talk bad about people to the next person. World travels fast. You know what I mean? Especially in Atlanta. Small. Yeah, it's mm. small. Two degrees of separation. And you just never know, like, 
you might be wrong about something too. So you just always want to make sure. I mean, and it's true what they say. This is a relationship business. So you never want that to come back for full circle. So, I mean, it's it's a lie. You just want to watch what you do, but you also want to watch the people around you too. Yeah. I heard you mention um, that you were part of a songwriting team and you mm-hmm. never got a major placement. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk to us about the things that happened in that process because there are a lot of songwriters right now who mm-hmm. have yet to get a major placement. Yeah. And they're not sure. You know what I'm saying? Kind of give a little bit of your testimony. What what things happened to you? What what were you guys trying mm-hmm. that wasn't working? Just some of those types of things. Um, it all kind of started. Um, I stopped, I lost my job and I wasn't really in a good place writing at that time. And after I lost my job, I wrote a song, just kind of how I'm kind of freeing myself or whatever. So that just kind of opened up the door. And um, one of my friends from South Carolina, she came, she moved up here, and we started doing, like, auditions for background singing and different things like that together. And, um, you know... Found out that she wrote. So we just started writing some things and we started going on Twitter and reaching out to producers. Just send us some beats. So I'm looking for writers for this. And so we wrote this one song and it was so wet. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. Like, um, I'm trying to, I can't remember the producer's name because it was cool. Um, but we were trying to shop it for Rick Ross and we recorded it on like Garage Band or something like that. And it was just horrible. But from there, we knew we had something. And um, we started working with the art teacher. He's out here, really, really, really dope producer. Um, and we wrote this song last year and it had like this really cool rock feel, um, alternative sound, but it was like, yo, we can do this. We can do different types of music. And we just started writing and feeding off of each other and, you know, feeding off of her strength, feeding off of mine. And it was cool. And it just, that's what had me consistently in the studio. And we started working with Firstborn, a couple of other producers, but those those are the two people we were working with the most. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, that's my girl, Um, life got in the way for her and she ended up moving back to South Carolina. And for me, the lesson that I learned was you got to keep going. Um, One monkey don't stop no show. Like you can't, I think I kind of lost my confidence. Like, well, can I really do this by myself? When I wasn't with, you know, when we weren't doing things together, I didn't, I wasn't writing anything. And then all of a sudden I was inspired. And now I'm just like, I'm done. I'm down. So, but I had to realize you can't stop for anybody. Um, You know, what happens to them happens to them. And you have to move on with your life. So that's what I had to kind of teach myself. Um, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah, do you find like it, do you feel like it's harder or easier to write a song now that you've done both? Do you feel it's harder or easier to write a song by yourself as, compo- as compared to with a, another I person? I think that it's good to write with other people. Um, and the reason I say that, I mean, I definitely think it's, it's important to have your process and understand how you work, what makes you feel comfortable. Um, because if you don't have those things, you might walk into a studio and you like, I don't really, you know, you got to be comfortable because it don't matter who's there. Diddy might be in there one day. You can't ball up and curl up in a ball and not want to write nothing. You got to prove yourself. So it's about figuring out what your process is, being comfortable, what makes you comfortable. 
Um, and then working with other people is great because you learn things from other people who are better than you. And I had to learn it's, it ain't about pride because if these people are better than you, learn from them because they're dope. You can be better as well. So um, just learning more about melodies. Like I got a homie. Um, his name's AC Ashton Combs. He's a dope writer. Um, but he's got like a background in Berkeley and all of that. And I met him years ago, like 2000 and God, I don't even know. I'm not even going to go there. But it was a while ago. Uh, <laughs> just met him at like, uh, I was in there writing at a, I don't even remember. But anyway, we were writing and I met him and took us a while to link back up. But we started making some music together pretty recently. So it's just, I've learned a lot from him. And I just think it's good to work with other people. But you got to be open, put your pride to the side, be ready to rewrite certain things, and think about the business part of it. That can mess up the creative. But think about what's going to help sell the record, which I fight with. But at the end of the day, you got to sell the record too. So, What you mean you fight with that? Um, ooh. We had a really big argument the other night about Jasmine Sullivan. I think Jasmine Sullivan is amazing. She can do no wrong. I think her album was great. Um, but the person said that, you know, she doesn't have songs that you can sing along with. And that's why the regular listener, you know, me, I'm a, I do music. Right. I'm a singer, I'm a writer. So when she does stuff, I'm like, ooh, yes, I love it. Yes, dude, sing, sing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get excited when I hear that kind of music. Um, but his his argument was you, the listener has to be able to sing along, and I get it. But I just feel like I see so many like great artists who just... They have these amazing voices, amazing talent, and they get overlooked. And so, you know, that's the sellable, that's the business side of the music. But that. isn't that kind of like being a singer-singer? So, for instance, Kim Burrell is another person like that. I yeah, think. but she's mm-hmm. gospel. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that your favorite singer's favorite, favorite singer is probably somebody like a Jasmine Sullivan or a Kim Burrell. But the, art, the, the fans don't gravitate because it is very complex Right, stuff. exactly. So, I'm, I don't know... And it's not marketable, though. I agree. Yeah, that's that's, that's what the argument is. But I don't like it because I see the great talent that they have, and I'm like, y'all need to be listening. But I can't make them listen, so, you know. I think I, I think I get it though because like take for example this this Rihanna is out now. I know and, I love that album. And I hear everybody singing work 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 mm, yeah. work. <laughs> and that's and I think that was purposely designed just so that people have something to sing along to. Yeah, definitely. And and not that Jasmine Sullivan, for example, isn't dope. Like I think she's a fantastic artist. Yeah. But at the same time, she's a different artist. Mm-hmm. Like Rihanna couldn't do what Jasmine Sullivan no. does. Yeah. And vice versa. I, I wouldn't That's true. If if Jasmine Sullivan dropped a record and she work, 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 I would be like, What is she <laughs> right. doing? What happened? Who who did that to her? Right. I don't believe it. Right. That's what it is. I don't believe it. If she did that record, you wouldn't believe it. Right, it right. It feel like somebody wrote it for her, somebody forced her to sing it, and she's just kind of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that the element of authenticity as an artist mm-hmm. has to be there. Right. It has to be there. It's a part of your packaging. It really is. So, yeah. and, and if it's not, then people could tell, at least from my opinion, man. So is that kind of, am, am I tiptoeing on y'all argument? Yeah. 
I mean, definitely, definitely. Like you said, you got to be able to sing along. And if you heard Jasmine sing that work record, you'd be like, what the hell is she doing? Right, like why is she playing? But I think the their thing was she needs to be able to hold back on some of her runs and do certain things. And I feel like she shouldn't have to hold back. That's her. Let her do her. So it's that... Can I just be me and make great music and people love it? Or do I have to kind of hold back a little bit of what I do? All right, Prince and Purple Rain. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I'm done with him. But you know what? No, matter of fact, (laughs) even, um, well, Tyrese was kind of talking about that, where he can, like, for example, Shame, number one record. Man, that's, I love it. Number one record. And we had, yeah, and we had had DJ Rogers on here, man. So, like, that was, and he wrote the record. So, that was, like, awesome. But he was, Tyrese was complaining because he did that awesome record Mm -hmm. and it wasn't being marketed on, it wasn't being played on other stations. Yeah. It wasn't being played on the mainstream stations. It wasn't being played on the pop stations. Right. Whereas an artist like Adele can do that and boom, no questions asked. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves it, right? You mentioned a couple other people, Justin Timberlake. Mm -hmm. You mentioned some other people. Sam Smith. Justin Bieber, you know. <laughs> no, but Justin Bieber is black. I don't care what he's trying to say. You, you, you can say that about Justin Timberlake. Damn. Yeah, he is, but not as black as Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. No, Justin Timberlake doesn't act black. Justin Bieber acts black. I'm just messing around anyway. Y'all, no, this is, no, y'all are taking this too seriously. Um, um. The, the conversation just went off the rails. I'm yeah. gonna say, I'm gonna say this because I definitely think all of those people are super talented. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't take away that person's talent, and I mean, they're just. But but shame is a is a great record too, Absolutely. and it should stand up against those records. Absolutely, I, that's the argument. Yeah, it's like because they want. And I think even Kay Michelle said something like yeah, they want. They did. don't want you to sing those type of records. No. They want you to sing work, work, work type of records in order even, to sell records. And even not even work, but just things that don't say anything or dumb our people down. And it's cool to have a song about a good time. We don't have to be uptight or serious all the time, but when it's all we hear on the radio and there's no element of, um, you know, there's just nothing there for the for the uh, listener to hear that's going to make a difference in their lives. L- songs aren't about love anymore. They're about sex and let me do this and do that. And it's nothing about love. And let me tell you how I feel. So the, Young men coming up, they ain't trying to hear none of that. You know, it's just, it's, it's crazy and it's, it affects our our kids growing up. I mean, not to say that I always write about love, but I think there needs to be somewhat of a balance. And I agree with Kay Michelle. They don't want us to write or sing our kind of records. They, but they freely give it to them. And it's like, oh, I've never heard something like that before. We've been doing this. What you, what you talking about? Yeah. Right. And again, not to take away from your talent, but we should be able to do that too. And yeah, you know, I I was, I was, I was arguing with somebody on Facebook. I think it was about, you know, we had dumb music when I was younger. There was Mm. dumb music. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I remember Tootsie Roll when that came out. Like (laughs) that was that was a dumb record. But But it was a good party song. Right. But that's all it was. The problem is now it was that was never considered culture. Party songs are supposed to be dumb records. Right. But Tootsie Roll was never considered culture music. Right. Ever. But nowadays, things like Young Thug are considered culture music. There is no 
other, there's no other avenue. Mm-hmm. So if you're not listening to Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole or something like that, which don't get as much attention as uh, the Young Thug record that was on the, um, the uh, I can't remember the, the song, but the culture music has changed. So back in the day, Tootsie yeah. Roll came out and everybody danced, everybody danced to that rap mm-hmm. record. Right. But it was never considered a culture record. So it's not going to be the one you play when you're, you're looking back in the crates. Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, the culture records are the records like a Tootsie Roll song. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sad to me. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I think like like a moment ago, you said that nobody sings about love anymore. And I think for a lot, for a large majority, that's definitely true. However, I think Bryson Tiller is winning right now. Yeah, because he's the only one singing about love and broken <laughs> relationships. And Drake before him. And yeah. everybody. Well, I think it's it's not as soft. Right. Well, yeah. I think I think. Drake is light skin R and B. Was I arguing with you about this shit? Drake Drake is light skin R and B. First of all, you ain't gonna talk about light skin people. Oh, hey boy. man, y- y- no, y'all got Steph Curry, y'all doing well, okay? Light skin people is doing all right, right? <laughs> and now. Drake body, but Bryson Tiller is Uh-oh. dark skin R and B. He giving a little bit more, and, and still, it's still young and modern. Yeah, are you mm-hmm. saying he's the modern day Teddy P? No. Okay. I don't know if I'll say no. Teddy P. <laughs> no. I just say he the only one that's singing about love right gotcha. now. Everybody else is trying to get her or get her to come over. He's mm-hmm. saying, I want her back. And he the only artist right now that's saying that. And I think that you're going to see a lot more artists singing about, I want you back. And I think that's good. I like he has a record where he says, give me all of you in exchange for me. Like, I can dig that. So, yeah, I, I can see that. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Right. Because he's, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, so I think, I, I think the, do I want to say culturally, like, the music is changing? Like, are we in the, in the midst of a paradigm shift? Renaissance? I would say that slowly but surely, I think it is moving um, with, you know, the Kendrick Lamars and and him not being afraid to take a stand of how he feels about, you know, where we are culturally, J. Cole. Um, you know, even though the formation thing was very um, controversial on pe- how people felt about the lyrics and all of that, I th- still think it was great to see her take a stand in the video and with the Super Bowl. And I do think that people are starting to pay attention more um, so I do see see things are starting to happen. Um, I would like to hear more R&B, though, kind of change a little bit. But like I said, or like you said before, like the Tyrese album was great. And I like even Rihanna's album. It's, with that album, she wasn't afraid to try different things. And that's what I like. It's not a bubblegum album mm-hmm. at all. And it doesn't have to be R&B, R&B, or pop, pop, pop. It's just, it's... Got some Exactly like it's got You can tell there was a lot of inspiration on that album So it's just good to hear music Ty Dolla Sign, great album It's just You can hear the musicality that he has Um, So it's just about doing different things And letting who you are musically really come out Not sticking to the same formula And throwing that same thing out there And you know what, I'm going to say this too I do think Beyonce really was a game changer which talking about the formation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the album's not even out yet. <laughs> like at she all. She's about to go back on tour, like. Right, right. Well, she'll drop the album when it's on tour, while she's on course. tour. Yeah, of course. Game changer in what way? Because 
like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole were not a game changer culturally because people expect black males to say those types of things. Okay. Mm. And they weren't expecting Beyonce to say that. Did she say anything or was it more like the the imagery? I think it was the it, I think it was the imagery well what she said in her imagery. I think it was a combination. Like you had to have the video with the song. Right. You know, I like my baby's afros with baby hairs and afros. You know what I mean? Like and then you get to see all that she's talking about, the Michael Jackson knows. And it's like, okay, hold on, I'm paying attention now. Right. So I think it was a combination of now, you know, not all the lyrics, because it is still kind of a fun party song too, but um I think when you see the song see the video and then hear the song too, you kinda pull it all together. So how do you feel personally about having a political stance and having a brand? In your music. Yeah, having a political stance in your music and also having a brand. Like, do you see the the is there a disconnect there? Do you try to separate it or are you the kind of person that'd be willing to make a political stand in your music? I would like to. Um, I think you have, as an artist, you have to get to a certain place, to be quite honest. Like, I think Beyonce, she's gotten so big, and she, you kind of have to play your cards, right? Um, Not saying that you should be safe and do what others want you to do, but I definitely want to be able to be some type of positive example and, and inspire, if anything, people in some way. And definitely stand up for rights uh, for black African-Americans, for musicians, whatever. Like, there's just, I definitely think it's important to be true to who you are and stand up for rights, period, and what you believe in. That's fair. But again, I think you got to build, you you just have a, you have to have a strategy. I'm inclined to to agree with you. Mm -hmm. Because I think that if, even with all of Destiny Child's success, mm-hmm. if she came out with Formation instead of Dangerously in Love, yeah, no, they like, would have shot her out the sky. The hell is this? Right. <laughs> what are you doing? I can go on record saying that was my last good Beyonce record. What, Dangerously in Love? Nah. That's just me, though. I mean, I'm not a Beyonce fan. I'm in the Beehive now. <laughs> I know. I've seen that on social media. Yes, they've accepted me. I'm one of them. So they did have you, welcomed you with open arms. Do, Yo, they, do they have your blood on file and everything? What? Absolutely. Okay. I had to send that shit in. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had to go get a blood test. No, they stung you, took that shit, and put it in the file. There it is. Blood in, blood out. You know, to get out, you got to lose blood, too. <laughs> Ain't no way out. <laughs> Ain't, Ain't no, no way, way out. out. I'm in you for life. Die. Yo. I, I couldn't believe they accepted me <laughs> as equals. <laughs> Yo, like, that shit is dope. All right. Well, check. Um, well, would you be so kind as to, because uh, we want to play the record. We want to play Please the record. Do. So uh, do you want to, do you want to intro? You want to cue it up? Definitely. What's it about? Um, this record is called Right Here. And it's about, you know, being in love or finding that love uh, where you can actually say, you know, this person is down for me. I'm down for them. But sometimes life happens and you may not always show your appreciation. And so it's like I'm singing this song right here for you to know this is how I feel about you. I care. I love you. So just kind of showing that person. How you feel? Oh, love, being love. true to love. Hell, Everybody. it could be about loving your damn self. Everybody ain't love with their damn self. Never you, mind. You you wrote a song to yourself. 
<laughs> Cue the song. Right. No, it's not. No, okay, never mind. <laughs> so y'all look right here, right here on the ninety ten rule. <laughs> yeah.
Yo, okay, so that was dope, man. And this was now the producer that you was talking about before. Is it Gavin? Yeah, Gavin. That's who did the track. It's an exciting record. It's exciting. I like the way I like the movement. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, Gav Beats. And them drums. Matter of fact, because I hope you listen to this. Yo, them drums was clapping, yo. <laughs> like, oh, that's the that's a pet peeve. Because, like, people send me music on Blaze Track, right? And so I'm listening to the demos, and I give them my feedback or whatever. But every time that I hear, like, some weak-ass drums, man. oh, man, that's the... That, don't, and, don't send me nothing else. And that's weak-ass the drum. thing. Like, I am so drum-heavy. Like, I love drums it's gotta be hard for people who really know me I love like I love hip-hop tracks hip-hop music because of the samples the old school funk jazz all of that kind of stuff or just the influence if if it's not a sample those are the types of tracks I like I like hard drums I'm not you know for myself as an artist I can write pop stuff and you know electronic music I can definitely do that but for me as an artist I love hard drums you gotta have something please don't send me nothing with some some weak drums thank you (laughs) do you already have a focus for the album yeah um, the EP I know it's gonna have drums yes (laughs) and well um, the EP (laughs) is called um, High Hopes Clouded Vision and it's it's really just about my journey just through self um Wanting to be great, but not being always not always being able to see your way through, um, through relationships, through just personal battles, whatever. So, you know, just a little something I'm gonna put out soon. I'd say sometime this year. Um, but almost done with the EP, so I'm excited. It sounds like there's a story there, mm, perhaps. Hmm. Hmm. Well, matter of fact, let me let me ask you this then, because you talked a little bit about um, being here and doing your thing and kind of losing. And I don't want to say losing confidence, but you know, life taking control and mm-hmm. you just kind of losing energy for it, running out of gas. Losing Talk a focus. little bit about about that and and how you bounce back. Um. Well. I mean, like I said, life got in the way, and I just don't think at the time I was in a good place mentally, uh, focused and and ready to really play this game like it needs to be played. And I would definitely say some of the things that I did to kind of... Because if it's something that you wake up thinking about every day, that's something you're supposed to be doing. And when you're not doing it, you start to... you get worse. You start to feel worse because you're not really putting yourself in what you really want to do and you love. You're not being true to yourself if you're not. So um, definitely praying, meditating, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but I'm definitely spiritual. And I think that you, anybody needs some kind of balance, whether it's meditation, prayer, yoga, something. You need to try to get regain that focus um and something that I'm realizing even now or still having to make sure I do is writing every day practicing your vocals every day paying attention to performances and shows and learning from those people that you see on the stage now you just got to stay influenced and um I put myself I started back putting myself out there and I didn't I stopped being afraid to either just 
be I wasn't worried about what I thought people would say. Okay. I stopped I got out of my head about certain things. So, you know, you have to kind of figure out what your problem is and be faithful and start working on things to kind of get back right. I mean, it's not easy, but you cannot let life take you away from what you really want to do because you won't be happy. Speaking about that, can you, can you name, this might be a very difficult question. I'm going to go ahead and preface <laughs> that now. Can you name something that you had to give up? Mm. Like what was the most important thing you gave up for this? Um, I gave up, I would say my a relationship. Um, and I, th- and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it's not, you know, if it's just not meant to be, per se. Because sometimes if you're in a relationship and not that that person was horrible, it's just that you're not focused on you um, all the time. If you don't, I didn't have a balance, basically. And um, when I moved out here, I was in the relationship. At first, I was gung-ho, and then maybe like a couple months later, I'm like watching everything I'm doing because I don't want to make him mad. I'm in the studio late. I'm with, you know, it's a male-dominated industry. You know right. what I mean? And it's like I'm trying to do things to make him comfortable, but I'm not doing what I need to do. And some of that is my own fault. I can't blame that completely on him. But I think that was one of the things. But I also had to do it for me, you know, to kind of scale back and really, okay, I've been in this relationship for a while. Let me figure out who the hell I am right now as this grown woman. You know what I mean? And and figure out where I am and what I want to do musically and what get back to what my dreams are and actually take action on them. So, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice relationships. It may not always be a boyfriend or girlfriend. It might be certain family members or friends who don't always uh, support what you do. Um, you know, you have people who have had their dreams killed and they want to tell you that it's not going to work out for you. And not that you have to cut them completely off, but you have to know where to hold them in your life. And it might compartmentalize. Yeah, you might have to be way over there. I love you, but (laughs) so that's definitely one of the things um, I would say I had to sacrifice. That's the man. It's 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 so tough to do because, like, when you said that, I started thinking about my own experience Mm -hmm. and. People I had to, people I had to let go of. Mm-hmm. People that um, didn't support me. People that were quietly hating on the side, yeah. even though I was bigging <laughs> them up. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, uh, relationships like being like trying to date and to court someone, <laughs> and like you can't. Especially if you're a young dude and you're trying to date a girl and you think of the world of her and, you know, you're going to marry her or whatever, you can't buy a house. You can't save money to buy a house and a wedding ring and put all your money and time into going to the studio and uh, traveling the country to try to get right. known and build your name and all that. Like, there's just not enough time. It's it's like she's been saying about the focus. You cannot focus on right. two things at one time. You can't. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I, 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 you know, thank God my wife, because she's 100% supportive of me. That's so great. I'm lucky to have had that, but I know that situation is not like that for everybody. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems like a, a, a big task, and definitely being able to stay focused is tough if you have things in other areas. So you mentioned about the EP. 
Why, tell me why EP as opposed to an entire album. Um, this will be my first project, and I really wanted to. It took me a while to even put, you know, something out as an artist, and so I said, you know what? Let me just put out something small. Let the people here get a feel for who I am, and then just kind of see where it goes from there. Um, so yeah, I think that the, what the trend that I'm seeing is that you know we went from that that, that mixtape area where everybody mm-hmm. was putting out mixtape like every three months, six months, whatever. I think that it's a lot easier to go ahead and just put out an EP. That way yeah. you can kind of get your thoughts out. And, you know, right now I have four or five ideas in my mm-hmm. head. Let me get those out and then I'll move on to the next one. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing only EPs and we don't have the the LPs anymore. I'm, not that it's a bad thing, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if, if artists really have time in the microwave age to work on an entire <laughs> album. I mean, I for me, I don't ever want to see it. LPs go away because it you you have artists who can give you a solid album um, where you don't have to skip a bunch of records. So, I mean, that would be my only reason for not wanting to hear one. I'm like, okay, you could have just put out <laughs> these five tracks that I like right. and done with this project. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I definitely want to see long plays stay because of, you know, people being able to do solid, solid albums. Yeah, they can do it correctly. I think that with the with LPs though, it, it takes having so for instance, some of my favorite records or albums mm-hmm. are ones that were done by maybe one at the most two producers. Okay. So Erica Badu Mama Gun. Yeah. Uh Brandy Full Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh Brandy Aphrodisiac. Justin Timberlake with the future, whatever the future, whatever the one Timberlake did. Like those albums are the ones that will stay mm-hmm. on my iPhone. Even though I have other singles from other artists, I'll keep those albums because I feel the the, cohes- the cohesiveness of the album. You know what I'm saying? It's like there. And that makes it, listen. To, I can listen to it. But I think that so many people now are just getting tracks from everywhere at one time. And when you put it together like that, it's hard to listen to an entire album like that. Yeah. So that's why I like the EP. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to hearing the EP. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I think in regards to that, though, I think a lot of artists do too much. Mm-hmm. They do too much. Like, if you if you're a singer, sing. If you're a rapper, rap. You don't necessarily need to A and R your own project, mm-hmm. right? right? Like, cause you can't hear your screw ups. <laughs> no, like for real, that's real. They're you can't hear, it. and then you're <laughs> right. too emotionally attached. No, it is a screw up. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, I, I'm going to stand firm on and confident on that. It's definitely a screw up. Because, uh, like, when you're doing an album, sonically, things have to go together. There's right. a certain yes. flow. There's a mm-hmm. certain... You you should be, I think you should be, telling a story, if you will. Yeah. And um, setting, the, setting the stage, setting the foundation for who you will be known for as an artist. Right. Like, matter of fact, and, and that can be done in an EP. Like, I remember when... I was introduced to Janelle Monet mm-hmm. when she was performing at the at the Underground at, at Sugar Hill, mm. and she had <laughs> uh, she had that EP. It was like maybe six, yeah. maybe six or seven songs on there, and it was like totally spaced out. She was a uh, right. yeah, it was totally spaced out. But that was when I first was introduced and fell in love with her. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, yo, this is dope. Mm-hmm. And people had, I would tell people about it. It was like, who the fuck is Janelle Monae? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, she ain't on the radio? Okay, right. she ain't popping to me. But I was like, all right, 
I know dope shit when I hear it. Right. It was different. Right. So different. Nobody was doing anything. Right. And I think I think that well, my point in saying that was because I fell in love with that project not because it was just her dream, but she had a team of people who mm-hmm. saw it and they all put it together and said, "Okay, here's what this is." Mm-hmm. As opposed to one person saying, "Nah, this is what I'm doing. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. I think it go like this." Yeah. Cuz when cuz once you put it out, it's out. Like yeah. it ain't no do-overs. <laughs> That's a good point actually cuz 2 years before that I was um, stage manager at Atlanta's Music Conference. Mm-hmm. She performed on my stage, and it was during the time when, I guess, the Purple Ribbon mixtape was out. And she had a song there called Letting Go, and it was like a Michael Jackson type that. song. Uh-huh. But even then, she brought a team with her, and it wasn't Purple Ribbon at all. It was completely her thing. It was, it was, it was so different from whatever everything else was on that label, but the team played a, a huge part. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because you could tell that they 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 fused together and made something special out of it. Yeah, I think sometimes too, and this is important for artists. Like sometimes creatively, we can get in our own way to the point where we're we're so stuck on our vision, and we won't let other people come in and help us make it bigger and better. So always stay open to those bright ideas. Of course, you want to make sure it's cohesive, but. Don't get in your way that you can't have a great project because you want to do everything or, no, this is my creative vision and I don't want anybody to mess it up. You know, that type of thing. So They I, do. They, they treat it yeah. like Lord of the Rings. Like, mm-hmm. it's my precious. <laughs> Put that <laughs> shit out and, and go on about your business and prepare for the next project. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know yeah. what? You mentioned Spotify, so I got to ask, how <laughs> do you feel about the stream? stream? Yeah. Um, The algorithm involved in getting paid. I'm not in love with it at all. And I think that is great for just your average listener. But it sucks for artists. Sucks. Right. It makes it very convenient for your your music to get out there. Yeah, it does. But Um, it's real tough to do the the trigonometry to get how you get paid. I don't even... Listen, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. But I think... um, I mean... It's the thing, like, technology is always moving. When the whole Napster and LimeWire and everything changed, we had to figure out how to make it work. Um, And now this is one of, these are the new things. People love just being able, I just want to be able to play the music. I personally like to own and play what I want to play when I feel like it. Um, But, you know, I think that they need to figure out, or people in the music industry need to figure out, how we can make this work for both the artist and the listener because it's not fair for the artist to have this really great, huge record and then they're only making a couple thousand dollars off of it from streaming. That ain't right. Right. It's not. I mean, what is? how do I go platinum on Spotify or something like that? And then, I mean, not that you really can, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if I were to go well, that... You can now, actually. Oh, did, did you see that article? Yeah. Well, I so, heard... Yeah, I heard they... they Basically change the math. Right. They change the math and they're going to count some of it now. Right. Or, or mm-hmm. I think what, 1,500 spins or 1,500 streams, streams is considered a purchase now? Is that what it is? You know what? I don't know the exact math, but they have and made see. it. Yeah. And it, yeah, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel real. 1,500 though? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like who came with that number? Why that number? <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm willing to bet it was negotiated down though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like I'm sure it was negotiated I mean, down for fifteen thousand. Right, sweet. <laughs> like 
Jesus. What? 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 Right. You know what I mean? But I know I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. I get it. It's convenient as hell, and I think it's great for the. You know. For the people, I do. I think it is, but it it, it sucks for the artists because when that becomes the only method, because let's just be honest, CDs are fading. People right. are not going to be over downloading. Uh, let me just play the album from here. How are we gonna? How are we going to make money with music besides shows and um, licensing and you know different things like that? So we, I mean, as artists, I definitely would say get creative and and figure out more than one way for you to make money. Um, hell, that's what I'm doing. So right. <laughs> get a plan because <laughs> the pay attention to the technology, pay attention to what's going on in the industry um, for real. So you can know what next steps you need to take as an artist. Yeah, because especially the way things are changing, if you if you're depending on sales of your record to earn a living. Mm. <laughs> and really, if you're depending on streams of your Ooh. record to earn a living, then. You're not going to be living very far. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, for real. Because it's... No, yeah. I mean, we talked about that too. A lot of artists got that ego. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, so I ain't got no job. I ain't never going to have no job because this is what I do. And my music is all that I am and all that I know. And it's like, well, you still got a phone bill, nigga. You still got to eat. You still got a car, though. Like seriously, like for real. So it ain't no... You don't have to have a phone or a car, but you got to eat. Yeah, you got (laughs) to eat. This is true. You got to eat. This is true. And if it's winter, you got to be warm. You damn, damn straight. Where you live. Right. So, you know, I, I mean, I I understand people wanting to, and I think that's an, 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 an older idea that was kind of put forth. Like, yeah, if, if you think about a plan B, then you'll never focus on plan A. Oh, I hate that. And I get it. No, I hate that. I get it. Uh, I, you know, I, it's funny because I saw that video today was Eddie Murphy. It was like an old On Eddie Arsenio Murphy. Hall show yes, when he had I the S curl in the box. Today. Right, today. right. Today. So I'm going to say this because I do agree with him. I think it's it's not necessarily having a, a I think a plan A is this is my dream and this is what I'm going to do to pursue it. Now, if during that path, you might have to work a job, but while you're at that job, you do what you got to do. As soon as you get off, you focus. You're going to get it. Whatever it is, whatever you're into, you're staying focused. You're not saying I'm about to invest myself into this job for the rest of my life, but I'm still going to sideline do my dream. Your dream has to be number one. Because in order to get there, you're going to have to go through the trials and battles and stay focused. But if you have that, a plan B to me is where you're focused on just that job and you kind of lose sight of what your dream is. You got to damn pay. Somebody got to take care of you. I I think I kind of pay. I think I look more on the the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours side. And You know what I'm saying? If you have a job and you're doing a plan B and plan A, as long as you're doing your 10,000 hours... I think that that there's value in that too. So, mm-hmm. well, absolutely. I I think that that the time. Well, music industry is jealous anyway. So, like the time that you don't put into it is mm. oh, not yeah. going to give Hello, you shit somebody. From it. Yeah, like for real, it, it really real won't. Shit, say it again. That is real. But I think that if you are unrealistic about life and your lifestyle during the pursuit of your goal, then that can be problematic as well. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to see starving artists, but a lot of artists are starving 
partly because they've been done wrong contractually and, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, I'll, I'll uh, beat my drum about that. But some of it is the choices that they're making on their own. Right. And so, you know, I mean, you got to you got to figure that out. You have to decide if you're going to work that other job or if you're going to uh, sell T-shirts or widgets or you're going to teach a dance class or you're going to coach songwriters or, or mm-hmm. vocal coach or whatever right. you're going to do to sustain yourself. Yeah. Then you do that. But, you know. That uh, just because you work a job don't mean that you can't live a dream. And frankly, I think more of these executives probably would respect you more if you have your if you when you have your own. Can I say this? Um, sometimes having a job is a good thing because you do learn lessons at work. If you have that job that you kind of stick through and really stretches and molds you, because. I, you know, my last job, I left my job in uh, September to, like, really step out there. And, you know, I grew up a lot. I was with that company for four years, you know, Fortune 500 corporate company, and the environment could be kind of crazy. But um, I grew up a lot, and I learned how to deal with people, learn how to negotiate better, just more about business in general that things that I could take you know, it wasn't the music industry, but it was certain things I could take into, you know, being more focused and having more of a business acumen into the music industry. So, I mean, learn what you can from that job that's going to help you get better in dealing with the music industry and the business side of things. That's what I will say. If if you need something to help you stay focused, just take what you can and, and learn from that and take it with you. So tell us how to get in touch with you. Well, you can follow me on Instagram um, at chicloren underscore, and that's spelled C-H-I-C-L-O-R-E-N underscore. Um, you can also check out my website. It's Um, You can also look up right here. It is on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all of that. Um, so definitely, guys, check me out. Check me out. I'm sure that... Um, you know, I, I can maybe give you something that we're missing. So just be on the lookout for my EP, High Hopes and Clouded Visions. Yo, this was dope. Thank hey, you. Thank, thank you guys you so coming, much Mama. for having me. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you as well. <laughs> Visit us at the 9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.